Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's always good to hear your video right there for you in echoing so never a bad thing for me Stereo glassroom coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcasts and on this week's monday show that just dropped earlier today we covered the more on the sag strike mission impossible and how it did in its first weekend the Xbox trial, and so much more. So go ahead and check it out today wherever you get your podcast. Plus also well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Fantasy football is around the corner, so we're going to go ahead and get dust that off, get everything ready, because more Inside Sports Fantasy Football is coming on the way in the not-too-distant future. Plus also as well, Game Source. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947 today. At LakersBall.com, plus he owns a company which he said he was 50-50 on being here because because he's so busy with everything going on at Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. If you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, please go ahead and check out Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Heavy Duty says, salute to Joe. Don't take off the grays. Be proud of him. Look at Gerald. <laughs> Heavy Duty. Actually, my hair was uh, brownish red. It was actually red for you know, all my life. I hit my mid-30s, and then it started to go gray. I tried once to dye my, my beard because it was also going gray, and I figured if I could do my beard, I could do my hair. So I dyed my beard. I go to, you know, right after I finished dyeing it, I go to a counter at a uh, fast food place, and I think I scared the lady so much to the extent that she had to go ahead and take a break. So I said, you know what, self, I think that's it for dyeing our hair for the rest of our life. So, you know, I don't want to, have to do that anymore. But what can I say? Embrace the gray. Embrace the gray indeed. But I'm going I'm going to a wedding, and usually the first day of going to my natural color is obvious. And after about three or four days, it washes out into more natural look. I'll show you my old red hair at one of these days. I'll grab some photos and see if I can. You had red I'll, hair? I'll look, I'll look at my Facebook. Yeah, I had red oh, hair. Oh, wow. So you're like I wasn't, Bill Walton. I wasn't. Like I, wasn't Walton. 
I wasn't the freckles, uh, red hair type deal. I actually could tan because I was in SoCal. I could tan pretty easily. That wasn't an issue. It's just, yeah, it just uh, started to go gray. And, yeah, right around the time I had kids. What do you know? There you go. But also as well, Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out the number one Lakers blogger today. That is Laker Tom. Also as well, Mr. Five Things himself, Jamie Sweet, who does such a sensational job of the weekend with Lakerholics today. Go ahead and check him out today at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friend, Stone Hansen. He's got UpsideSwings.com. Hopefully he is still working on episodes. I know they did a post-draft episode. Hopefully they will cover the Summer League as well, so go ahead and check him out today at UpsideSwings.com. I have not heard from him since I saw him at Thomas and Mac, so I'm hoping he as well. I'll probably reach out in the next couple of days, see if he can join us on the show. I know that he made a referral to me as far as a cap expert that I'm also going to reach out to to see if I can get on the show as well. So go ahead and check him out today at UpsideSwings.com. Also as well, John McCalian, the John McCalian channel. I know he's had a lot of great conversations. He stopped by late in our show yesterday. So go ahead and support them with a like and a subscribe right there on YouTube. And speaking of subscribing, we're almost there. We're almost there. The climb uphill is going strong. We lost one, though. We fell down a ring from 921 to 920, but we're still just 80. 80 subscribers away from 1,000. So go ahead. If you know somebody that's out there that's a big Lakers fan and loves opinionated, loves right at you, loves those comments that we make you know we, we're not burdened by the you know the generic talk that you hear everywhere because they're worried about whether or not they could curry favor with the team itself we don't care about that we just call it like it is right here at the lakers fast break then you know they would like it so go ahead and get them to subscribe as well to get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air and if you could do all that plus support us on our social media lakers fast break because we're everywhere on social media it is sincerely appreciated. Well, before we get into the aftermath of the Summer League, because the final game is pretty much in the books right now with uh, Houston and Cleveland, I'll check on that one here in a sec, but the Lakers' time in Vegas is over. They have already probably left, and Cleveland has won the Summer League championship, uh, actually defeating Rockets pretty handily, 99-78, to 78, so they are the Summer League champions kind of thinking the Rockets will pull out because they really looked good. But Isaiah Mobley, who I was telling talking about last year, if you were watching this show, I thought Isaiah Mobley was a player, didn't exactly get the opportunity last year. He was great in the G League, but didn't get much in the uh, actually in the Cleveland Cavs itself playing with his brother. But hopefully he can take the MVP here as 28 points, 11 rebounds as the Summer League. Cavaliers get the championship right there. So Mobley was, he was voted the MVP. I'm really happy for him. And hopefully this will give him a boost as far as playing alongside his brother on the big league team. Looking forward to seeing how that works out, but also as well, how did the Lakers work out this summer league? We'll go ahead and talk about that. Also as well, if you still want to talk about the sign and trade rumors about Christian Wood, we mentioned already, it's now become a little bit of a hot button issue amongst Lakers fans. We'll go ahead and delve in that as well. But first, the big news this past weekend was some cryptic comments that Joel Embiid made this past weekend to Maverick Carter about possibly thinking that if it's not going to work out in Philadelphia, he might want to leave sooner rather than later. So we'll discuss that first on today's show. And here's a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out today as Oxide T47. It is Joe Sorrow and Joe 
Great to have you back, my friend. I'm hoping the magic man hasn't fall asleep, but you know, I can't blame him because it is 11 o'clock his time. So if that's the case, no worries, man. He's done a lot of work for us recently and I'm just glad to have him back. So he deserves a break, but Joe, I wanted to go ahead and talk Joel Embiid. You heard the crypt, you read the cryptic comments that he made over the weekend, already kind of putting it out there ever so softly that he might be looking, his eyes might be diverted in a different direction if things don't go well with the James Harden move or whatever they're going to do in Philadelphia. Not a surprise. Joel Embiid got what he wanted in the MVP, and now he's going to play the other side of things of, well, uh, if you can't feel the team good enough for me to win a championship, then I'm going to quit where I'm at and go somewhere else, just like 90% of the other quitters that have done this particular activity. You got to admit, he's been kind of patient. He is the, he is the last part of the process. <laughs> patient. Oh boy. He's been through some pretty crappy teams to get to the point where he is. And, and Philadelphia has just not been able to go ahead and give him enough to get him, you know, even into the, the conference finals. It, the entitlement in in society in general is quite hilarious. It's even worse in, oh, in, in, a, in an area where you you tell these guys how great they are, and then you keep giving them what they want. So Joel Embiid cried enough the last two years, cried enough to get an MVP. He got what he wanted, and that's what happens when you when you keep giving the babies what they want. Guess what they're going to keep doing? Crying. So uh, he's now he's pushing 30. He's pushing 30. I don't care if he's pushing 40. Okay. You are supposed to be the leader of your team. You're supposed to represent the team that picked you third when the first two teams said, eh, I don't know if this guy's going to be good because he might be injured or whatever. No, they don't do that. And James Harden was the one that really kind of surprised me in that because they treated James Harden like a king in Houston. And of course, the second that thing went that was going downhill, boom! Hey, can you send me to Brooklyn so I can go play with Durant and and uh, the other crazy guy, Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving, and it's 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 the same script. Everybody keeps reading the same script. So just like in Hollywood, uh, and you know, I can get into that too to to kind of use that analogy. You have a bunch of people who have no talent uh, on all sides who continue to tell each other that the other one doesn't have enough talent and that they're not getting their right compensation. They're not getting their right respect and their due. When the audience over here, people like us are sitting there watching. And we said this, we said Joel Embiid is this guy. Didn't we? Here you go, guys. He just proved it. He is just like all the, all the guys that snuck on the boat during the Titanic, the ones that skipped the women and children. Guys like Joel Embiid would be that guy. He wouldn't load up the women and children. He'd jump in the boat and hope that he can make it. So it's not a surprise whether he's going to be accommodated or not is not the question. He will be because that the, it's, it's, a, it's a player's league. And look for him to go likely to New York because New York has been foaming at the mouth to get Joel Embiid. To You're the right. Next. See, mm -hmm. and uh, as as Sean comes in at the perfect time, Sean can back me up on that because he knows that info too. 
Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is NBA observations. We're talking Joel Embiid and his comments over the weekend that he would, or actually he wants to win a championship in Philly or anywhere else. So we're talking about the possibility of anywhere else. And who's a good man to talk about it as well? He's the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to put on the purple and gold and also talk about Joel Embiid, plus also some Lakers stuff as well. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Magic Man, great to have you here. I wasn't sure if you were sleeping or not because I know it's late night for you as well. Wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts on this. You read the comments from Joel and B talking to Maverick Carter about possibly winning somewhere else. And that has fueled speculation because in a dry period when the only action going on is the Cavaliers winning the summer league, summer league that you know you just have a situation where well, we need more news. Well, you know what, Sean? We got some news now with Joel Embiid. Is he the next to go? Uh, uh, you know what, Gerald? Uh, as amazing as it sounds, uh, Gerald Glassford predicted this uh, exact scenario happening. He said, don't be surprised if he comes out and says, well, you know, uh, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I want to win and if winning means not being here, I guess. I mean, Joe called it as far as player empowerment and stuff like that. I am for player empowerment. And plus also as well, when you when you reach a certain age and, and it's played a number of years, Sean, as Joel has, and I don't, Joe, this is the part where Joe disagrees with me on. He's been part of the process now for almost a decade. Yeah. You know, he's 30. He's running out of time. He sees the the end near, especially with his back and his knees. And the fact is, you know, he is not going to play at an old age, I don't think. So he sees the clock starting to run out. And if that's the case and they're not able to get it done, which they have not been able to get it done, not even to a con conference finals, you know what? It is a, a modus operandi to go ahead and do exactly what he's doing because we've seen this already rinse and repeat throughout the league already yeah gerald i mean you, you know knee soreness is as synonymous with joel Embiid as peaches and cream um there's Although, always well, georgia ran out of peaches so better not be in georgia i know i know that's disappointing but um you're right i i mean he's um he sees the clock running out gerald and by the way um i will back up joe it it, it just it I've been reading the same things he has. And we all, um, if those out there don't know that Joel Embiid has a previous business relationship with Leon Rose. So, I mean, they, they do have history as well. So, um, but yeah, Gerald, this is the fourth front office that Embiid has worked alongside with. Hinky drafted him. He, he didn't like Colangelo. I thought they should you know, they let Hinky see it out, but I know the league. Yeah, I know the league had other issues. Yeah, the league had other issues for sure, and um, like it, it's another story altogether. But Hinky kind of built the core of the process. Colangelo basically sat on the ball and did nothing. Um, Elton Brand, I think, unfortunately, um, was a little late on the um, uptake with uh, the decision to uh, not do business with Jimmy Butler, but get into uh, business with Ben Simmons. And then, of course, the, the Harden trade and Daryl Morey, and now this is the fourth 
uh, front office Embiid is dealing with Gerald. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of tired of it. It's it's the same old story. They get to a game seven in uh, the semifinals, and for whatever reason, Gerald, they just can't get over that hump. That hump just hits them right in the face and knocks them out. And before they know what what hit them, they're they're back at square one. Um, they oh, it's the same story. It doesn't matter what iteration what pieces you put around him it just seems that they've they've capped out at uh, maxed out uh and spaced out all their opportunities trying to put talent around Embiid. they just can't get over that that seventh game in the second round absolutely my friend it's been very frustrating for them uh, i agree with you on that and and just seeing how everything's been laid out so far for him it just hasn't gone the way they wanted to Joe, I have a tendency to agree with you. If Joel Embiid said tomorrow I wanted to be traded, you know New York would be on the uh, you know the short list of that. Are there any other teams that would be out there? Because there are a ton of teams like New Orleans. I know I go back to Oklahoma City as my default, but you got you know anybody with thirty-five draft picks in the next seven years, you got to say is in the money or could potentially you know be a trade partner for that. Who do you think would be a potential trade partner outside of New York? Because New York does have some assets, does not really have some great assets as far as personnel. They do have the draft assets, but your thoughts on who else might be a trade partner? I think Boston could be a big trade partner. That's a good one. Yeah. Although Philly, Philly's probably going to want to send them West. If I had to pick, if I had to pick a team in the West, that would make sense. I don't think he'd want to go to Oklahoma city because he's obviously going to have a a say in this. The Nets it, also have a lot of assets too. They they do, but I just every time any kind of big player like this comes becomes available, the, the they usually end up in the other conference. Uh, if I had to pick, which team would he want to go to? Right, that would I guess. Although give him- it should be noted, he has no trade clause. He doesn't have a no trade clause, so he really doesn't get a choice in where he ends up. That. It's true, but there's also that feeling, too, that uh, is the other team going to want to give up all those assets if he's going to be disgruntled? So this Mm -hmm. is kind of one of those things where is Philly just going to say, look, we're not trading you. You're going to have to just play for us, which I think should be their first. uh, I think that should be their first answer to that. Look, you're getting paid (laughs) – between now and the 2027, you're getting paid 50 million to 60 million dollars a year. We're not we're not trading, and that's the other part: is what team is going to trade that amount of money for him? Well, a team so they're going to cut their team out. You can you can eliminate a few teams already, right? Like Phoenix has no absolutely no shot in hell of acquiring him. They don't have a first round pick until 2030. If I'm not mistaken, Gerald, I don't think the Clippers have a first round pick till around 2028, 20, 29, maybe 2032. So those two are likely out. Uh, Phoenix doesn't have any control over their picks for the what the next six, seven six years. Years, yeah. They're either they either gave it away or they have the their the other team has the swap rights. Yeah. Um, exactly. That the really the only two teams I could see who might might take a swing on him given their assets and their current uh, tenuous situation are the Kings and the Mavs. 
Okay. Uh, well, what would the maps have? The maps don't have any draft picks to really. That would that. What that, are the assets? Where are the that, assets? That, the that, that's the issue with, with them. But don't don't Gerald. This is this is an opportunity for them here. Um, Mark Cuban's probably never going to get another chance like this again. So if if he can, if him and Nico Harrison can. Um, uh, try and and wiggle their way into acquiring something to try and help maneuver this situation. Don't be surprised with them because um, Embiid, I don't think Embiid would mind being either traded to either one of those two situations. I think Dallas, uh, as Sean said, was the first instinct I had because you do have a team there with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. If they were able to package a good an, a, enough draft assets with, uh, let's say, to, to match contracts as Tim Hardaway Jr., Grant Williams, Rashawn Holmes, Maxi Kleber, and some kind of package there. There, there could be something there. I, I think that would be something obviously that Denver would. I'm sorry, Dallas would win in that trade. How does Philly come out of that? It, it sounds like it's going to have to go back to a rebuild, and I just don't. I don't know if I necessarily see that. We're going to. Yeah, and that's the issue too, right, Joe? Because now it looks like he's going to have to uh, strip it all the way down to the studs, and that takes time. Like Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris has a very now he's a very good player, and I think that circumstances um, have kind of shorthanded his perception amongst people. People think that because he's paid so much. He should do more. No, he is very good at what he does. Uh, he was just uh, involved in a time when contracts were being handed out like uh, golden tickets. And uh, he was able to take advantage of that. But his contract is going to be hard to move as well. So you have him, Embiid, Harden. It's a real mess for Daryl Morey. That's why I posted that uh, uh, McBain uh, meme where he's staring down the uh, nuclear waste coming at him with just a pair of goggles. That That's what Daryl Morey is facing down here. It's just, it looks like just a, a three mile island for him. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is NBA Observations. It is Joe Soro and the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. So I ask you this, guys, while I go ahead and hit the front door here, because the UPS is waiting with something I'm looking forward to that I will show on camera here, here in a second. Before I go ahead and do that, I want to go ahead and ask you guys this, and I'll start with you, Joe. When it comes to Joel Embiid, is he... You know, even as the MVP, do you think you could actually surround a team that could win a championship around him? Do does his skill set in 2023, you know, warrant or be able to go ahead? Are, are you able to go ahead and fit a championship roster around Joel Embiid? Joe, <sighs> tip the UPS guy. Yeah, really? you uh... tip the US. They usually just drop it off. In fact, they just already did. He's gone. I'm going to go grab the think, package. I don't think even this another year of Harden is going to win. Well, I guess tipping really bothered Gerald on that one. The, <laughs> the <laughs> he's like tip the UPS guy. Though. I'm out of here. <laughs> They're usually gone by the time. They just drop it off and throw it in the middle of my my front yard, and there you go. They're just like it out there. That the timing on that was perfect. The timing on that was perfect. But uh, the the reality is 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 Philly going to contend in the East with a year old Harden? Harden wants to leave. What if they say, no, we're going to stay another year? I don't know. I, I don't know what deal in L.A. would make sense anyways. What are they going to do? Are they going to give up Paul George? Are they? Gonna, it doesn't sound like he'd want to go to L.A. If, 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 if Paul George isn't there with Kawhi Leonard. So who are they going to give up? They don't have anything. No. I got to see what that is. I, don't, I just don't, I don't understand what, what kind of equal – Maybe, maybe here's what might they have to happen. They put this in one of my flower pots, by the way. And you want me to tip the guy? No, not if he put it He's in the flower gone pot. Down the street. Yeah, no, not if he put it in the flower pot. No. Okay. All right. All right. And now Devotion <laughs> wants me to tip the postman. <laughs> I give him some water because it's really hot outside. But go ahead, Joe. Oh, that's nice. Uh, there's no one on the Clippers that's gonna make the Sixers better. No, in Philly, and maybe, maybe that's what MB did here. Maybe he laid the groundwork here. Like, hey, dude, if you guys are thinking about sending uh, James Harden to LA for 
Norman Powell and Marcus Morris and Nicholas Batum and a couple of a couple draft basketball picks. nets. You got you got another thing coming. I go, I ain't staying here if that's what you're bringing back. So Daryl Morey's gonna have to bring another two two guard or perimeter guy that is going to allow the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia 76ers to stay in title contention. That that, that I don't know who. It, it would have to be some kind of three or four team deal where everyone See, if, gets. If 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 he wants if he wants the best of both worlds, and this would be, this would be absolutely amazing if this happened. But it, but it would be something. If he wants the best of both worlds, if he wants picks and players, he calls up Sean Marks and says, "Let's make a deal." Now that that would be karmic justice. The, the likes of which the NBA has never seen before. If the Nets, who had to go through all that BS, acquire Joel Embiid with a, still a pretty pretty good team, Gerald, because they have they have a lot of depth. So even if they gave up some depth, they would still have some. Plus you add plus you have Embiid and Bridges. That's a contender in the East. They are. They would be a contender in the East. Look what I so got for the NBA store. There you go. All right, rock Oh, it. that's nice. That was with my fan cash. It was running out, expiring over the weekend. So, like, they said, you buy now or you lose it. So, it's like, okay, I'll just get that for free. So, it's very nice. I'll take that. Yes, absolutely. But, I, you know, it just get Joel Embiid. I understand Joe's frustration with these guys just, like, wanting to go ahead and call their shots as they see they're paid and compensate millions of dollars to go ahead and finish out their contracts. But also you've got to consider as well, the desire for every one of us when we don't want to be where we want to be or where we're at, we just go ahead and, you know, I want to leave. I want to move. And, you know, even though they are financially compensated to be where they are, them as a disgruntled star does not help your team win. It does not help you. I've never seen a situation where a disgruntled star actually benefits the organization that they're stuck with. So it's best for all parties to somehow work a medium, but you also got to make sure that let's say if it's the Lakers end, let's say AD wants to go back to Chicago, like tomorrow or something, or something works out in you know August where it doesn't work out as far as a, you know, him signing the extension and he wants to go back to Chicago. Well, eventually you're going to have to trade him there or somewhere else to get the right compensation because, you know, it, it is, you do have to ultimately get rid of the player, whether it's Embi- if Embiid is truly unhappy, but you got to make sure you got to, on your end, at least get something back. You'll never get dollar for dollar, but try to get at least 75 to 90 cents on the dollar. And that's at least so you could go ahead and save some face, Magic Man. Yeah, Gerald, you do. Um, and as we've seen before, Mor- Maury is not opposed to waiting until the last second. To get the best deal possible. He's, he's Trader Daryl for a reason. Yep. Um, he had Ben Simmons sitting at home for, what was it, about three and a half months before that he finally... Not, that may not have been a bad idea. Yeah. In hindsight, correct. But, uh, you know, it was about three and a half months before the season started, before he decided, yeah, the right deal is this one. Uh, I have a feeling that, that, that you know... Harden's going to have to have the same expectation. Like it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Daryl Morey actually brought him into the office and said, 
yeah, I know you want to go to the Clippers, but let me put them on this phone for you, and let's see how enthusiastic they are about acquiring you. Well, the thing is, though, with with Damian Lillard, Joe, you know, he wants to go to Miami. He's made it, you know, clear he wants to go to Miami. His agents have made it clear to the other teams that might be interested to go to Miami. But the offer I see on the table, if I'm on Portland's end of it, I'm like, that, you know, I talked about 75 to 90 cents. This is more like 50 to 60 cents on the dollar with the amount of stuff that they're at that they can trade for. It just does not seem to be even remotely close to what I would want to do. Tyler Hero and maybe a couple of picks and whatnot. That just does not seem like it's enough for me for trading the all-time, arguably, best player in Portland's history who just came off of his best statistical season. So if that's the case, I'd want to, if I'm Portland, I am playing hardball. If I am Philadelphia and Daryl Morey, I am playing hardball. Eventually, I know I got to get rid of them, but I'm going to make it as hard on them and easy on me as it can get. The system is helping a lot of these teams, and I say helping, keep their guys (laughs) at this point. So just someone, or Magic Man had mentioned Jalen Brown. (laughs) I don't know if this has been discussed in terms of the details, but if Jalen Brown signs the Supermax, the last year of his contract will be $70 million. Wow. Joe had such a hard time thinking. It was was encompassing. The the sheer amount of money just – it cut the electricity out, right? $70 million. $70 million. $70 million. For a guy, with, with all due respect, isn't even a top ten player in my book. No, he's, he's a, probably very good. <laughs> he's very good, but he's probably fifteen to twenty five. And you, this league, it's it's just this is the part where I'm not I'm not frustrated with this. I I I, I know it may sound like I'm I'm ranting and complaining and things like that, but that's that's an interpretation. I don't come off air going these damn NBA players. <laughs> Start throwing stuff over there, right? No, I <laughs> believe he does it to the I get it. I get it. You're 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 one of 450 people that are playing in a league that has eight billion people in it in, in the world. I, I get it, but it's when both holes are talking, the one down there and the one <laughs> up here. Okay, you guys want empowerment, you want to be great, you want to be given loyalty, but then you don't reciprocate. And then in Lillard's situation, he showed loyalty. No argument there. But what are you showing loyalty to? Portland has been irrelevant for decades. Okay? Paul Allen almost won championships. He almost bought them in the late 90s and early 2000s. The only reason why they didn't win it's because they ran into the greatest duo in NBA history. That's it. Otherwise, they would have won a couple titles. Before then, you had a couple of good teams. Clyde Drexler, you know, the, the the Terry Porter teams and Buck Williams and all those guys. They made it to a couple finals, got waxed by the by the Bulls and, and the Pistons. And then they were able to get by in 1977 uh, down 0-2 against the Philadelphia 76ers and ended up winning a championship then. Good for them. But that's it. What else you got? Nothing. So with that, you guys have made this bed. And again, 
uh, I don't know what it is with Gerald, but these things kind of just get him overwhelmed and just decides to leave. But uh, <laughs> it's not going to be an easy solution. It's going to be a one side, one-sided win. That's what this new system is going to do. You either have to understand that there isn't going to be an even trade anymore because you have to take on $60 million now with Damian Lillard. You have to put, what they what do they say, put all your eggs in one basket? They're putting all their eggs. Miami's putting all their eggs in this, hoping that him and Jimmy Butler are enough with all their undrafted studs to win a championship. And it might, he might be right, but everything has to go right for them to do it because the East is still weak and the East is, is getting weaker. In my opinion, it's still getting weaker. Dog though. Trey young. I understand probably they'd be the next one after that. It's a very like high likelihood, but you're saying that you might go to Lakers after LeBron leaves. I'm not going to say that's not a possibility because that's actually very sound reasoning, but man, the guy plays no defense volume shooter. If he's not hot, he could shoot you out of a game at times. I mean, Look where he did when he's hot or when he's playing really well, he could be like a, a curry light and get you to like he did to that conference finals run. When he's not hot, he can shoot you literally out of games and shoot you literally out of playoff series like he has done in recent times. So plus he does not play defense. So it's always a hard. Yeah. And search and destroy. Right. Turnover machine as well. I mean, we see the best of him and we've seen the worst of him. The thing is the worst of Curry, you don't see much of, especially when it counts. When you see the worst of, of Trey Young, it shows out a lot more magic, man. It just again, he is he's not quite at that level of Curry. And it's just because of that, it's just be a hard thing to see him. I, I'm not gonna say I won't be be surprised if he comes to the Lakers because that's always a possibility after LeBron leaves, because you have that big huge gap of money you want to fill it with. But man, I just don't think he, again, we talked about can you fill a championship roster around Joel Embiid, Sean? I think it's a lot harder to do it around Trey Young. I wholeheartedly agree, Gerald. They, they, there are a myriad of challenges trying to surround. Uh, I, I, I'm professing, I don't even think he's he's 6'1". I think he's less than six feet. Uh, very difficult to surround a perimeter-oriented volume three-point shooter with the requisite wings um, and essentially a, a very good big um, to build a championship team around. And ironically, um, if we can um, kind of circle the wagons back to Embiid, speaking of turnover machines – Joel Embiid has more turnovers in his playoff career than he does assists. So this is true. That that's that's a big problem what for a anybody. Stat, by the way, Sean, that is a phenomenal stat. Yeah, pulled that pulled out. That's yeah. Thank you very much. And it's it uh, honestly like it shouldn't be that shocking. Um, to, that would be to... something good to tell Joel Embiid when he comes in talking. You've had more turnovers and assists, and we're the problem. Yeah. I do remember. I do remember the one year that John Celestian played on the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Kale Celestin. Celestin, yeah, Celestin. Yeah, you know, it's been such a long time. He's since not a celestial, no. But uh, Celestin, yeah, Celestin. Celestin. Okay, all right. He uh, just unfortunately that was his only. 
that was really his only cup of tea with the you know NBA. Unfortunately, he never found success uh, anywhere else here in the NBA. He bounced around through Europe and uh, the G League after that. So, but not not exactly the greatest of Los Angeles Lakers draft picks. We'll just kind of you know forget that that part there. But it is the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glass along with Joe Soro and Magic Man Sean Grice. I do want to mention though that before we head out, that the Lakers have finished their time in Vegas. Uh, we covered it last night with their dramatic. Okay, not so dramatic. We just act didn't care. It was summer league. 104 to 103 victory over the Los Angeles Clippers. Although, you know, any win over the Clippers, I guess you got to take it. Uh, and now that summer league is over with Cleveland defeating Houston to win the summer league championships, which will cover the 2017 champion Los Angeles Lakers on tomorrow's Lakers history 101. Sean, I want to ask you, though, you, you know, you've had a chance to go ahead and breathe a little take some breaths, reflect back on the two and what, no, excuse me, three and four summer league team known as the Los Angeles Lakers, some highs, some lows, some uh, outstanding performances and some subpar ones at that. I mean, I saw a lot of like that. So you can either just like uh, look at it one way, like, like Laker Tom always says, like the half, you know, glass half full or the glass half empty. There was a lot of that on both sides of the realm. Yeah, Gerald, it, it was. It was a, a literal uh, seesaw of uh, of positive and negative. Um, it seemingly uh, not just game to game, but half to half and really quarter to quarter. Um, I really loved the consistency that Max Christie and uh, Des Moines Hodge showed. They would probably be, uh, you know, they would get gold stars, obviously, for consistency and um, uh, for improvement. Um, you know, if Colin Castleton got uh, got a like a report card so far, Gerald, like a progress report, it would say, you know, good student, eager to learn, but needs to pay attention more and uh, study more as well. Like, you know, he just needs more, more work on his body, but uh, you know, it, that would be, that would be, um, you know, a steady, it would be, you know, it's satisfactory, even though we know he's not ready yet. Um, JHS and Maxwell Lewis, like they definitely need improvement in a lot of areas, Gerald. There's, um, there's a lot of work to be done there with, with those two, especially. Um, hopefully, uh, both of them come to camp with a jetpack up their ass, <laughs> like the ones they didn't have during uh, the Summer Classic and, uh, and uh, Vegas. Um, and outside of that, I mean, you know, I really love the LJ Figueroa's story. Um, hopefully he'll come back uh, with the train camp invite. I haven't seen anything on the wire yet, but I'm sure that's going to come. Um, you know, he's a good story and he'll be a, he'll be a solid, uh, solid body in South Bay again. But I mean, uh, Hodge, if he continues to shoot like this, he's going to have a roster spot, but you can't, I mean, JHS and Max Olis are probably going to be spending a lot of time with South Bay as well. I will ask you this though, my friend. Okay. There's like nine weeks uh, till we really get back in action once again, but let's say a whole month of August. 
to work on this because these guys, the young rookies, Joe and Sean, they need to not take much time off. They need to get back in the gym and work and they need to work with the coaches, uh, you know, at the UCLA health center on trying to find things that they can work on. Joe, if you were, I'm going to give you, uh, Sean, I'm going to give you Maxwell Lewis, but Joe, I'm going to give you JHS. What's the first thing you would work on with JHS? Because there's a lot of things we saw he needs to work on, but what's the first thing you would have him work on this August? Shot making. Okay. Uh, Sorry, but that's pretty much, it's kind of an easy answer because that's what everyone needs, especially if they're a perimeter player. There is a massive deficiency there for him, and that's that's something that has to... I believe he has the talent to control the ball, create an offense, do, do you know, consistent pick and rolls and run an offense, but he's going to have to make shots if he wants to have a long NBA career. And when you don't have the athleticism, you have to be extremely savvy and kind of meticulous in how you get around defenses and find the right spots. And the other part is, can he play defense? Uh, According to Stone, he can't. That's a bad combination, not being able to shoot and not being able to play defense or at least stay in front of your man, which – we did see. We saw that in Summer League. What the hell's going to happen in the NBA? It's not looking good right now. It's not, especially when we have to watch the Summer League MVP do what he did. Although he did have a bad game tonight. So we're uh, we're not going to know until, I guess, I mean, sometimes guys have good rookie seasons and then flame out, <clears throat> Scotty Barnes. So... And it's not the first time that's happened. You don't know. You know, you just don't know. Tyreek Evans, look what happened to him. He was supposed to be a, the next guy, and he flamed out. The one that always puzzled me was Darren Williams. Darren Williams was beating CP3 left and right the first five years in the league. I don't know what the hell happened there. So, yeah, it's it's a – if you don't stay with it, if you're not a trooper – and that's the part that you that I'm, I'm waiting on. The, the, a lot of the reasons why they liked – uh, Hood Shafino is he's a professional. He actually does uh, work himself as a professional. Well, we'll see if the professional part can merge in with the talent and get him prepared or have himself prepare himself to get to at least a a good role player uh, spot, maybe a future six man of the year. If he becomes a six man of the year as a 17th pick, you did what you were supposed to do. Mississippi dog, pat yourself on the back, my friend, because you called it right on Imani Bates so far. He's looked pretty good in Summer League and capped it off with a 19-point performance there in Summer League in the championships. So he has played pretty good, uh, and at times really good in Summer League. So you were the one that was talking Imani Bates from the very beginning. So please go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back for that. Sean, I wanted to ask you this, though, when it comes to Maxwell Lewis, uh, people were getting on my case because I was a little really hard on the kid. But, OK, you you make yourself available for the NBA draft. You think you're ready to get into the NBA as a 20 year old playing a season and at Pepperdine, you come in, you get some good numbers, you show some talent, you show some promise. You want to go ahead and make an impression in the league. He unfortunately never did, including in several times, actually three times during the course of summer league, got donuts 
for games that he played. And not just we're talking two-minute appearances. We're talking about 15, close to 20-minute appearances each and every time out. And there were other low-scoring games. So he averaged close to, I think, because it was five heading into that zero. So probably, I want to say, three and a half to four points. About, let's say, four points a game during the course of Summer League. For a second-round draft pick, who was given anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes a game during almost each in every game. That's not good. My friend, that's not a good way to start. Where would you go with the kid in August? Where, you know, if you had the coaches sit him down and say, this is what we're going to work on first. Where would you go ahead and have him start? Conditioning. He was one of the few players who didn't uh, average at least 30 minutes a game, Gerald. That was uh that was a bit of a melon scratcher to me. But then I was thinking and did, doing a little research, and um, he only he was only a starter for one year, Gerald. He 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 uh, he came off the bench uh, his first year at Pepperdine, and then in his second year he was vaunted into a into a starting role. But he has less than sixty games at the collegiate level, and it's obvious, Gerald. He's not re- he's just not ready for the the stamina it takes to be an effective player in the NBA. That's, that's what I would work on first and foremost with Maxwell because like, and we're not being hard on him because we don't see the potential there. We all like the potential. There is a good outline there of a basketball player, but me, Gerald and Joe observe what we observe and we have to say what we see. And I see a player that, you know, he can't stand the floor very long. He gets, it's obvious, like, his efficiency drops as well, Gerald. You just said it. You're only averaging about four and a half points in about 22 and a half minutes. You're really not making the most of your time out there. And that's that's the one thing I would work on him first is his conditioning. And the thing is, though, with Maxwell Lewis, Joe, Five million dollars. If we seize the entire span of his contract and the Lakers pick up the third and fourth year options, which is something they should have done with other second round draft choices or undrafted players. But need I digress? You know I'm gonna harp on that like you do with Chris Paul trade and uh, David Stern. I do want to say though, Joe, when it comes to JHS, JHS is a little bit more expensive. If you decide to write out his contract as four years. Averaging, I think, I think the total, excuse me, ends up to about seventeen million dollars. Which, if the Lakers sometime go into the tax, whichever apron you say, it gets costlier and costlier. So that seventeen million adds up even more over the course of the contract, which is a very likely possibility with the Lakers. Well, can, your thoughts though on JHS on that? Because can, you can, see what I'm saying. You see what I, I'm saying on that. Here's here's the issue here. The Lakers have been hitting on these picks for what 10 years now? Yeah. So if they bomb on JHS and uh and uh Maxwell Lewis, are we really gonna get on them? The only the only problem this year is there was a really, really talented guy that was there, which is rare. Oh my god, Sun Yu, really the, the Chinese Magic Johnson. That's a good one, Alice. That's so a good that one, was... Alice. That's absolutely good. Yes. I don't drink vodka. I don't know if you want me to say that in Russian. I know a lot about Ebex. I know what he was doing 
during once he got his little Dale's contract. Just doing his good best the, uh, trying to troll. A new way. Of, he's trying new ways. It's okay. Troll. At least it's entertaining. I'll, I'll answer yeah. the question. As uh, long as it's entertaining to our chat room, the best Lakers chat room that's who, out there. That's who, all I care who, about. If they get annoyed, then I get annoyed. Who We're could not forget? The, who could forget the great Derek character? Yes. Yeah, he had a lot of character without the H. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, why are, you, why are you asking this question? We know what the hell. We know who these guys are. I've been watching Lakers basketball. I, I'm just asking about JHS, though. I know well, about it, it's. Chaos. It's not looking good, G. It's not. It's just not looking good right now. The, the guy. The guy is a project, and he's a pro. He's a project that Stone said should have been picked in the second round. If you pick JHS in the second round, it makes sense. Not at 17 at the moment. I don't know how he can improve. I've I've watched him play. I don't know. Guys that are slow, that don't play defense, don't miraculously get faster. D'Angelo is probably the best case scenario, and you see where his limitations get him. Yes, and... It's, it's because he come, learned how to shoot. It, it's going to come down to can he navigate? Can he navigate NBA basketball with pure smarts? That's really what it's going to be. And of course, can you make shots? Because if you're navigating and you're able to create space or have uh, consistent pick and roll offense, which We've been we were saying that during the playoff run. Why don't why doesn't LeBron run more pick and roll? Well, the reason why is AD isn't really good at rolling, and a, even LeBron to some degree doesn't really play that way. Anyways, he's a freight train that needs to get to the hole. He's not one of those guys that's gonna he, he can't shoot either. You need someone that can shoot in a pick and roll. When you watched Karl Malone and John Stockton do it, Karl Malone didn't miss from fifteen. Mm-hmm. He was automatic. And who do we have that can do that? Maybe, maybe Rui. Maybe. Maybe. We'll have to we'll have to see what kind of but I don't I don't think the NBA wants that. They don't want mid they don't want mid game. They don't want mid mid games. They don't want it. So JHS is a mid game guy. We heard that his positives are the mid range. And he's not good out, and he's not good at the hole. So, okay. how many mid-range shots did we actually see him take? Confidence. Not too many. I I can count probably on both hands how many mid-range shots he took. He and took he, more he threes had, than mid-range. And he had games like three of seventeen, seven of twenty. He was just not very efficient at all. The only reason I'm saying that, guys, is because again, with the pension for the Lakers have for. You know, I know we talk about how Genie is a little bit cheap at times and picks and chooses. The Lakers have been a tax team, you know, uh, quite a few times over the span of the past 20 years. They're not unwilling to go over the tax. The thing is that four years, 17 could, you know, after all is said and done, those tax dollars get to like four for 32 or 30, you know, four for four. Just the amount of tax dollars that tax onto it. And for someone that is not going to pan out for you. That's going to be a hard thing to swallow, and the Lakers will end up having to get rid of him, Sean, for and probably you know add draft picks or something else onto it if it fans out. Now, Joe's right. How many times have the Lakers fanned on their draft picks over the course of the past ten years? Not too many times. They've built a roster for themselves and for other NBA teams with some quality rotation players around the league. 
if they haven't pan out with the Lakers, they've played well at other places. The thing is, though, you've made two big gambles. And with LeBron's window closing, and you never know with injuries, I understand they had a great offseason as far as signing a lot of players that can help. But you never know with injuries. It's always nice to be as deep as you possibly can be with players that are ready to play now in the NBA. Uh, yeah, Gerald. Uh, Slava Medvedenko, baby. Yeah. Yeah, Slava. Anyway, yes. No, that's true. That's true, Gerald. Um, but but to be fair, there there are some teams that are like they're they're reliant on the mid range because they have a roster uh, around that. For example, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns now have three of the most high-volume mid-range shooters in the NBA. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. They all love the mid-range. They're going to have to adjust uh, around that. But as Joe was saying, if somehow you play a team that's that's, uh, living in the mid-range, you either have to match or try and take it away. Now that's going to be very difficult against the Phoenix Suns. So, in in some in some matchups and uh, in in some scenarios, um, you got to work with what you got. And you know, Rui Rui present. So I sent uh, through an email chain. I sent you guys uh, that five man lineup that worked best for the Lakers. Now, uh, what's interesting about that is uh, AD, Austin Reeves, and LeBron played twice as many minutes, almost twice as many minutes in the playoffs as they did in the regular season. And up until the Western Conference Finals, they went through an 18-6 and six stretch. They were the hottest team in the NBA. So one of the reasons why Rui was involved in a lot of the successful Lakers lineups is because it wasn't just his three point shooting, Gerald. It was also his mid range shot as well. His versatility provides, provides him the opportunity. If his three point shot is falling to play in a, in a myriad of different lineups, him, him was forced to put Rui in lineups with AD LeBron, Austin or Dennis Schroeder because he was shooting uh, efficiently. So I, I, I I really, I don't think we're, I agree with Gerald. I don't think we're going to get microwave Rui that we got for the, uh, the two and a half months, but somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle. If I could, if I could get that, if I could get 37% Rui, Joe and Sean, I, I would take that all day long because the fact is, you would probably be someone coming off the bench if that's the mm-hmm. case. And it could provide you what you need, especially against second units. I think if you put them in the starting lineup, I think that's when you probably will start seeing issues because, you know, I just don't know if his, he's going to elevate his game to the point where he's going to be playing at a good level against starters consistently. But when he's playing against second units, he can absolutely kill them. And that's what I would love to go ahead and see. Because I, I don't think that we will go. He will revert back to the thirty percent shooter he's been throughout the course of his career. I think he'll be a little bit more solid, and that this has given him a confidence boost to be a lot better going forward. Yes, absolutely, Gerald. And and look, there's there's one thing that that we've 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 learned is that uh, one, um, 
AD and Jared Vanderbilt have uh, undeniable chemistry defensively, and the idea that somehow you would try and mess that up by just flippantly trading uh, Jared Vanderbilt um, for an asset that, while would be um, very advantageous, uh, the contract and the potential um, off-the-court issues uh, might quell any chemistry that you've built in like one one of the reasons why it works so well Gerald is because these guys discovered alchemy on the fly like they literally did they they found uh instant chemistry and they hit the ground running and uh, of all people are willing to eat crow about that we didn't see it happening they were trudging in 13th place for about almost 12 weeks during the season. It was only during like the last eight and a half when uh, the season started to turn around. So um, I just see an opportunity where you don't mess with the alchemy. And like I said, Gerald, and I agree with you, Rui comes off the bench. That that's his best role. Alice, I had to actually look it up. That's a great question. Does anybody remember who we traded Peeler for? He was actually traded along with George Lynch, Joe, for draft picks, so we could free up some cash to clear to, get... to clear to clear money for Shaq. Yep. And they were prepared to trade Eldon Campbell if Shaq said, "I want 150 million." But Shaq was so appreciative of the 121 that he got, he finally said, "No, no, no, I got you, Jerry. You, you gave me enough." <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what that Jerry was honest. Jerry was was honest with Shaq. It's like Shaq, you want to stick almost up? had a heart attack. I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not. I wasn't there, but I, I had a you know just from the little bit I've said or a little bit of, I've heard. I'm sure after that, because I think Shaq said he did want like 150 or 160 or something like that. And I think Jerry probably just said, Shaq, look, you want us to gut the team so you can be on the team, or do you want to win? And he fights. All right, I'll take the 121. So. Yeah, and nearly had a stroke getting trying to get all that done. I I don't blame him, man. That had to have been. I mean, yeah, no, I don't me. either. That's what I'm saying. You, you're talking about though, a guy. Man. You're talking about a guy. Well, okay, here's why he was stressed. I mean, it wasn't just Shaq. Okay, Vladi said, "I'm retiring," and I think that is where the real stress was, because they had options. Obviously, not as good as Shaq. But they had options. There was some Alonzo Mourning discussion going on. There was some Dikembe Matumbo stuff going on. But I think a lot of the stress was also the fact that if Vladi said, I ain't going to Charlotte, now I'm not going to get the next the next Michael Jordan. Jerry knew it. Jerry knew what that guy was going to be. He was probably the only guy on the planet that knew. Calipari knew, maybe a little bit. So whenever anybody dogs on John Calipari, I always go back to that draft. I go, man, if the Nets had just let him go with his instincts, they would have got him instead of Kerry Kittles. Woo! The what if on NBA TV, one of the best shows I've seen on NBA TV was what if the Nets had drafted Kobe Bryant? I'm looking at this from an NBA fan. Oh, my God. You want to talk about the king of the – I mean, I guess he's New York. he would be New York now, but maybe not. He'd be the king of Jersey. Sopranos and Kobe Bryant. 
right in that era. <laughs> New Jersey would have taken over New York. Imagine that. It's a Jersey thing. It's a Jersey thing indeed. Once again, is the Lakers fast break. It's NBA observations with, with Magic Man, Sean Grice, and of course, Ox1947, Joe Sorrow. If you like what you see here, please go ahead and subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break, like tomorrow's summer school class. So go ahead and study up to get some extra credits by going ahead and joining us for tomorrow's dissertation on the 2017 summer league champions the los angeles lakers but before we had on out guys the rumors are still persisting what's going on with uh, christian wood again we talked a little bit about it last night it seems to be the scuttlebutt amongst lakers fans today about what sam quinn dropped something about what mark stein had mentioned about a possibility because you know mark stein's in tune with dallas because he lives near dallas she lives near Rafaela, i believe if i'm not mistaken I do want to go ahead and mention that when it comes to what was mentioned and have referred to that the Dallas Mavericks, of course they would be open for a sign and trade <laughs> for Christian Wood. They don't want him back. It's very clear and evident to see, but they're talking about trading a player to try and get more money for Christian Wood. And the name seems to be out there as Jared Vanderbilt. We talked about this last night. I'm no, I, I need you need all the defense. I'm not helping Dallas in this situation. Mm -hmm. I'm not helping them at all. You know, if they don't want Christian Wood, sorry. If Christian Wood wants extra money, sorry. He's going to have to earn it out there on the court, re, you know, rehabilitate his image in the league. One good season with the Lakers in a playoff run or a championship run, Sean, could do just that. That's it, Gerald. Uh, that's that's what uh, if I was his rep, I would be constantly drum uh, drumming over and over again. If you sign with the Lakers or the Heat, there's a good chance you'll be comfortably in the playoffs. You'll be playing into May, possibly into June. Look at all the guys who've gotten paid over the past three and four years that were playing late in the May and June. Fred Van Fleet, Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, the list goes on and on. And I would just keep keep repeating that to him over and over again. You, you sacrifice a little now, so you get the big payday in the summer because somebody will back up the Brinks truck if you're the third leading scorer on the a Lakers team that won the ch title, no question about it. Absolutely. And Joe, I mean, your thoughts on this again, I, I like Christian Wood. I think he would actually be a good fit because like what was mentioned earlier today in shows that, and what we've talked about on this show at nauseum, AD is better at the four. We need someone to go along with it, you know, and I don't Rui Hashimura just isn't tall enough and big enough to go ahead and be a consistent small ball five for you and move AD to the four. You do need someone a little bit larger that could also do some things offensively that might help you out. Sure. He had the worst defensive rating of his career in Dallas last year. It, it is not trending in the right direction. I'm going to be the first to say that that's why there's such a divisive, but that's also the reason why he's not signed to a team right now is his defense is just so bad. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth more than the vet. 
And your seven was signed today by the Jazz. Yeah, I don't, I don't. This is like the player in the NFL that's he's up for trade and then it never gets traded. No one ever trades from because they know that he's gonna get let go anyways. So, oh, it's a hot stove. Yeah. Which team is gonna yeah. trade? Which team for is gonna him? trade for this? What's his what's his name? Uh out of uh, uh Cook out of Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> Delvin Cook, right? It's kind of a similar situation, except I think Delvin Cook's a better player than in his sport versus uh Christian Wood. But what's going on there? Well, I'll tell you what's going on there. What is the value of that position? You're going to have three main starting running backs, two of them are still in their prime, that are going to hold out. One just won the rushing title, and their their worth is just not important. The NFL is a passing league. A running back that's a 1,500-yard running back, 4,000 yard running back is is just not that important anymore and christian wood is a big who can't stay in front of his guy on the side of the guy block a shot attitude has issues there so now what what do we do well yeah we need somebody but not at the expense of gutting the team or uh trading players that can be assets for the team during the year and you don't have any money you don't have any and money my, to throw at it. And my my hunch is, Gerald, you know, it, it may or may not materialize. We'll we'll eventually find out. But if 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 the Lakers and let's face it, AD is our is our anchor. He's our defensive captain. If he thought that there was no way in hell he could he could be on the same floor with him, I don't think I don't think the the Lakers would even be an option. With Christian Wood, but the fact that they are tells me that you know obviously Polinka and Ham have had discussions with uh, obviously LeBron and AD about this. Um, so it you know if if AD isn't opposed to the idea of having Christian Wood beside him, you know who's anybody else to to intercede or interject and say, well Anthony. Well, I disagree with you. Oh, really? You di- you disagree with uh with an all NBA player? Okay, all right. That's an interesting discussion. Let me hear your retort. But because we hear the rumors, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. And um, again, I feel that if you know, if AD had any qualms or issues uh, about Woods' defensive liabilities. He would just say, no, just 86, the idea. Absolutely. I think at this point in time, Joe, again, we I, I think we're just willing to wait it out. I think like so much of the league right now, you know, the league is now officially in a dormant stage right now. A lot of these teams just have the room and the patience and the time to wait it out. The Lakers, even if they don't get Christian Wood, even though he is probably the best option right now for a team as far as a fit from that standpoint, I think that, you know, even though Jamie would probably disagree with me on that, I think that right now you could go ahead and wait it on out, wait until camp, see which uh, individual big man gets waived by whatever team, because some of these players, they're going to get waived. Like, for instance, Oklahoma City has, what, 23, 24? four players on their roster or that will be taken to camp 
they're going to have to waive some players as well. You're going to see this all over, all over the league. And if the Lakers don't get what they want now, they might get someone they want later on. There's going to be options for the Lakers because they have very nice contracts in terms of trades. And then they don't, they're not in a hurry here. If, if, if they feel, you know what, let's just go with what we have right now. We'll have AD doing his thing. I know he doesn't want to do it, but we'll have him do it to start. And then maybe something will develop and we can get someone to help him. That's the only, only thing that will likely take place at that point. Do you think There's, that'll be of concern when they start negotiating an extension, possibly as early no, as August? No, no, because they're going to give him the extension. No, no, but him saying, you know what, I, I want to sign no. this, but I need you guys to go ahead and commit no. to finding a, a, a five. Mm-hmm. No, no. You say AD. yes, John. You say yes, Sean. Go ahead, Sean. Why? No, 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 no. I know. I, no. I was. I wasn't saying. I wasn't disagreeing with Joe. I was. I, I am. Agreeing. I can't believe it. God. Oh, sorry. <laughs> How dare you disagree with me? <laughs> you remember paper cut? Anyways, no, it's AD is not that guy, guys. AD is just not that guy. He he would have done it by now. I think AD, who's going to say no to a contract that's going to probably put him at $50 million for another three years each? No one. You don't care if they put him at point guard. Yeah, you pay me $50 million. You want me to play point guard? All right. It's on you. I think that's the kind of attitude he has. And he has that mindset. You know, if you guys don't want to put me where I belong, then you guys are going to have to take the blame. And that's that's how I would look at it. Someone paying you $50 million, I, I, I don't know necessarily if I'm going to be upset. He's already been a champion, right? I mean, what can you do? What's it going to do? What good is it going to do? Is he going to do what Joel Embiid did today? Get on the horn and, all right, look, you guys are paying me $50 million a year and you don't have a center for me. You know, what kind of entitled a-hole of a, of a, of a comment is that if you, when, you, when you look at it, right? It's, it, it is. It's like, dude, shut up. Shut up. Oh, I'm gonna win a, I want to win a championship. Oh, now you want to win a championship now that you have your MVP, Mr. Joel Embiid. 80 that won't do that. AD's not doing that. That's why I've always liked AD. You know, and the fallacy that he's this guy that doesn't play games. I, I haven't seen AD miss a whole season. You know, it's not like KG didn't miss the playoffs when he got injured in 2009. How come we never hear about that? But do you agree with me that Joel Embiid is probably, you know, closer to seeing the end of his career than maybe most players? I would think at you 29. should be thankful that you've seen what you've seen with Joel Embiid. He was supposed to be an injury. Uh, a walking injury his back was bad when you yeah and, it, and it's gonna get worse and i don't i i, I don't mind Embiid's openness because you don't really get that a lot anymore i do enjoy the banter that he creates joe, joe you gotta remember something too and i know uh a lot of people are kind of um uh like skeptical or retort back to me well sean he says all this about you know, I want to win the the defensive player of the year award. I want to be an MVP, and I, and it's just like it's it's just about being boastful. He is a right. He is a right to be. He's the he's the one who Gerald said it from the start. He's the one who's been there from the beginning. Hinky's gone. Ben Palantolo Simmons is gone. His 
Colangelo and his burner phone. Colangelo and his yes, and his and his uh, <laughs> his uh, burner accounts. Oh, and his wife's burner accounts too. Absolutely. Brian doesn't have long collars. They're normal collar size. What kind of professional? <laughs> what kind of professional cares about? Didn't Kevin whether or not you have long collars or not? I mean, seriously, this this. Did, this didn't Durant want to have one too? Yeah, he did. I, I and have, the Durant guy is pretty good. Just want to just saying. I, I have enough. I have enough problems remembering the passwords for my credit cards. Now I gotta go create. Now I'm gonna go create four different Twitter accounts. I can't stand the Twitter I have now. <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. My burner phone here. Hey, Joe's what? I can't stand this right. phone now. I'm gonna go have two. Hey. These guys are talking smack. Oh, you mother, yeah. you know. <laughs> Big, Joe is that. That's for sure. Rick, Rick McGee, 94. He won't know who I am now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, look this. You know, look at this from Lakers Fast Breaks with a yeah, Z. Yeah, Breaks. B-R-A-K-E-S. There you go. They won't I, know I, who you are. I, I think if he had, if he only had one burner account, he that might. That Gerald guy is a pretty darn handsome guy. With a J. Gerald with a J. Magic Man's really cool, man. Everybody seems to like Magic Man. Magic with a J. And a K. And a K. Magic. Magic. Yeah, Magic. We wanna we wanna you know throw a little French in there. Since yeah, you are French Canadian, aren't you? I'm. There's not a drop of not a drop of French Canadian. But see, that's what America thinks French wine. They think you guys drink maple syrup all day and speak <laughs> French. I'm like, dude, I was there for a week. I didn't. If you had knocked me out and dumped me in Canada, I would have thought I was in like Colorado. <laughs> I was like, what? What's so Canadian about this place? <laughs> yeah, we, we, are, we pretty Van, much are America Junior. Yeah, same thing with Vancouver. My time there is like everybody was speaking English, so there you go. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Gerald Glasser along with Magic Man Sean Grice and Joe Sorrow. <laughs> finally, Serge finally got tired of Kale. Exactly. He's going to start going to broccoli and asparagus. Yes. <laughs> His NBA observations. Before we head on out, guys, uh, I did want to mention, though, that LeBron James, uh, as I mentioned in our emails over the weekend, he has announced he is changing his number back to 23 in honor of Bill Russell. So now six is – I don't know. Is there any still but one playing with, no, with number six? I don't think chance. so, Gerald. I he don't was think the last so. one, I think, to change his number. I'll double okay. check, but I think he was the last one. 
Okay. And if that's the case, you know, obviously for, for the late great Bill Russell, honoring him by wearing number six and now going back to number 23, uh, it makes our old logos new again, but I am sticking with the, 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 our new logo. So that is staying for good. But Joe, uh, you know, I want to go ahead and say the thing with LeBron though, is we've seen his 33 point percentage flip-flop back and forth to the 30 to 32 percent which is really a detriment to the team when he puts up so many threes to the 36 37 percent he's had in in recent years as well if the lakers really do want to go far this season i think lebron has to revert back to at least 35 percent, 36 percent less threes your thoughts on lebron james shot maybe coming back before we head on out if you want him to shoot at a high percentage from three, you're gonna make need to make sure he's got enough energy for it. Yeah, and it's that simple. Most of those threes he was shooting were just no legs in those shots, mm-hmm. and that's everything with jump shots. You have to have the elevation to get get the to have the ability to not have to worry about the shot being blocked and to have a much smoother and better eye line on the, on the basket. Uh, we don't do that in rec, rec ball. We just throw the ball in the air. But when you're a professional, elevation matters in a jump shot. And how you get your feet under your shot, how you snap your wrists matters. LeBron has a really good shot, but he he has to he has to have the energy because this, this, this is a man, if you, if you put together the – Playoff games. He's played twenty four seasons. He's played three solid seasons of just playoff games. <laughs> He's had a career in the playoffs that players haven't had in a, in a regular regular season career. So you know, it's not fair that you play twenty years and you only get to collect one pension. Just what's the average that. NBA uh, lifespan? Four, three and a half for you. So, four. Yeah. He's closing in on that himself. So he, he is uh, he is also going to if he if he finishes his contract out, he will have tied Vince Carter for the most uh, seasons in the in NBA history, and he's obviously going to break the point per game record of seven point six, I believe, for a twenty first season, which Vince Carter has as well which I thought that was kind of an interesting stat. I don't know why somebody brought that up. But LeBron is – if if his agent, Rich Paul, is not just throwing it out there just to create whatever, if LeBron indeed plays until he's 40, he, he's going to score 40,000 points before the end of the season, barring any major injury. I mean, this guy's going to own every significant record when it comes to games played, wins – obviously the all-time record, scoring record, and, and you're going to have a guy that's going to have 40,000 points, 10,000-plus rebounds, and 10,000-plus assists. That stat is nasty when you think about it. He's averaged 40, 10, and 10 in his career when it's all said and done. I don't think anyone will ever touch that, ever. And winning that title, someone had mentioned this on, I believe it was Lakers Bowl, if – if LeBron wins his second title in LA, in LA, that number 23 will be on a statue somewhere outside the crypt. 
That's the last thing, or I should say one of two things he's playing for, is if he wins Title V and happens to win Finals MVP, now you're looking at an interesting resume. Uh, yes, he's still one behind Michael Jordan in titles, but he has a lot of other things. And Scar Scarlet Blue, though, that is a good question. You know, it will they retire LeBron? 23. It'll be 23. It, it'll be 23, and they yeah. will retire him. I think, you know, even what he's done now, they'll, they'll retire his jersey. Number three and number 23 are going up in the rafters no matter what happens the rest of the way. Yes. Yeah. So that right. one is for sure. The, the only thing now, as far as the Laker thing, not his own uh, legacy, but if he wins two in L.A., because he's played more seasons in L.A. than in Miami. So he wins in L.A. one more time, whoo, statue's coming. LeBron's going to have a statue outside the crypt, which is just, looking at it now, that would be just crazy to think about. Imagine LeBron James, a statue next to Kobe's. That's just weird. It's just weird to think about. <laughs> Well, the thing is, though, I want to lead into my last thing I want to talk about. That is three-point shooting, Sean. Lakers, as I mentioned to you, because I looked it up, I think, on the yesterday's show, it was, they finished 27th in the league in three-point accuracy, which is abysmal. But then again, that's not the Lakers game. The Lakers game is based on defense, transition, getting to the free-throw line. They do those things, they win games. They do those things well, they win games. The thing is, though, it would help so much if the three-point shooting at least was even anywhere near the middle of the pack. That's the case. Because you're talking a substantial gain and substantial amount improvement. I don't see the Lakers additions being any one of them outside of maybe Tayshaun Prince. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, Tayshaun, but you know, uh, Torian Prince. I keep on saying Tayshaun. My gosh, that's what going way back. Torian Prince, though. Torian Prince, He's probably the best of the new shooters statistically mm -hmm. for that we got. Uh, so I'm concerned that the fact is, I think we'll move up incrementally, but it's not going to be by leaps and bounds. Your thoughts, though, on what a, a dramatic improvement in threes could do for the team if it actually happens? Uh, yeah, Gerald, I'm with you. I, I don't really see that scenario unfolding, but you never know. It's the NBA. Stranger things have happened. I th I'm with you. I think we're... I think we end up uh, as a middle of the pack three point shooting team. I don't think we'll we'll have to uh, scratch and claw our way to to respectability like we did last year when we start out the season two of forty four from beyond the arc. Uh, it just felt like we were scratching and crawling because uh, there was some um, some immediate trolling that the Lakers may be the worst three point shooting team in NBA history. There was uh, that. It was on that realm. It, you know, I mean, we're talking. Yeah, that too. Remember, in the eighties, there were some bad seventies and eighties. Some bad shooting three point. Teams. There was. There was. So we don't need to forget. At least me and Gerald don't that the two and ten start had a lot of shrapnel with it as well, and that was one of them. That we were just abysmal. I don't even. I can't even encapsulate another better word. It was abysmal. So if, if abysmal is the bottom. We crawled back up to not good, Gerald, but but not terrible either. I expect this to be like marginally better, like just decent. Like if the Lakers can become just a decent three pointing team, the the offensive rating will will jump. And dang it, somebody beat me to the punch and actually kicked out Kale. 
Someone <laughs> needs to do it. Gosh darn it. I was just going to do search. that. Search. 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 search and destroy. Just search, search. and destroy. Fatality. It's funny because I read one of his comments and you could feel you could feel the, you could feel search going, all right, dude. You're done. You're I was actually about ready to click on it. It's like, oh, message deleted. Message deleted. Yes. Awesome. 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 Great job. Great job, search. Glad to have you here, my friend. But Sean, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, no. Hats off to Search. You Johnny Caged that Goro that was Kale. Guess we're going down one subscriber. There you go. <laughs> the, the Clive is like, oh, lost another rung. But hey, that's okay. We'll get him back. We'll get him back on the road to a thousand. <laughs> I stopped knowing you. That's yes. <laughs> but I will say, though, it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everyone joining us. Thanks so much for watching this. We'll be back tomorrow, like I said, for Lakers History 101. Looking forward to talking about the what greatness of probably, in my estimations, is the best and most talented summer league team possibly ever. When mm-hmm. you look at it from roster from 1 to 12. So definitely looking forward to going ahead and talking about that at length for an hour tomorrow. Uh, probably around the same time tomorrow for, their, for everyone out there watching and listening. But before we head on out... Joe, uh, again, uh, it's been a great conversation. Uh, Summer League's over. I'm sure there's still much more to talk about. Uh, I know Castleton, hopefully, will get with the training staff and looking forward to seeing what he can do to go ahead and develop his game and accentuate his games. But some positives from him, some positives from Des Moines Hodge. I don't know. I like the kid more and more. Uh, You know, actually, uh, Rodell has really turned me on to the kid as far as being a possible player you've talked about well him uh, at at length and and also got me turned around on the kid i think actually he has a shot to make this team that stroke is amazing coming off the dribble coming off the break yeah you shoot in this league you've got a job in the nba and he seems well, to... if, you're, if you're cole swider mm-hmm. <sighs> cole didn't make shots though during the regular season, and that's the key here. Can he didn't play that many games? I think he played Hodge, games. Yeah, well, I mean, at the same time, are you are you shooting threes and then allowing six points at the same time? Because you're not going to make every three. That plays a factor in it too. Why was Matt Ryan let go? Because all yeah, because all Matt the, Ryan can. Well, Matt Ryan couldn't shoot either at some after he won after the game winner. But but he's look, a Matt, he's a bigger more athletic version of Cole Swider, which isn't saying a whole lot. I don't think, I don't think it's, it's NBA basketball is so difficult. I don't think an audience really understands how difficult it is to play the NBA. You're talking about a a, a league where size, God given size has to be there pretty much 99% of the time. And then on top of that, you have to play extremely well he played seven games last year Cole Swain. you have to make shots you have to play defense you have to adapt you have to deal with stars you have to deal with coaches who don't know what they're doing gms who don't know what they're doing fans that are abhorrent you have to deal with so much crap i mean you deal that and you deal with that in football and to some degree in, in in baseball but and i say some degree as in uh, baseball is more analytical I, I, that that I, I'm, you have to have talent in the nba you have to have talent in the nba and if you don't it's very quickly found out and then as far as the training and the the, the you have to be almost a masochist to play in the nba 
the amount of abuse your feet get, your knees get, your ankles get. It's it's really really brutal on you. And he Mentally, only played physically. one game in for South Bay last year. Yeah, it's it's not it's very difficult, guys. It's very difficult. Uh, you've seen guys like Kevin Durant break. You've seen LeBron break, and these are the greatest players of our of this generation. You've seen those guys break. So who's Matt Ryan? Who's Cole Swider? You know, it's difficult. It's difficult, and some guys can figure it out late. Some guys can figure it out right away. Some don't figure it out. We're being harsh on – I know we've been getting some criticism from our, our base here about maybe being hard on these guys. I don't think it's being hard. We're just telling you what we're watching, guys. Uh, I don't believe a guy that's been that, that was invested, or at least the Lakers invested five million to get in the second round, should have donuts in the in summer league. That's not a good three sign. Times. Three, three times, three times, yeah. And then JHS okay. was a one of those picks that reminds me of um, what's a good example? Uh, any USC quarterback? <laughs> Maybe yeah. Carson Palmer can get away with it a little bit, but he had a decent career. But but you you. you you know what works and what doesn't more often than not. And I think there was a, there was a stretch there and he showed why he already showed what we were talking about. See, that's the thing we already knew. And we were hoping that, Hey, maybe this guy will prove us wrong because once he gets going, maybe, you know, he'll feel like, Hey man, I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm going to tell you, show these guys I've been training since the draft and I'm going to show my skills. No, as of right now, it looks like all the, Early information on this is is, is going to be correct, but we don't need to worry about that right now. Right now, the the roster is almost set. The Lakers can just get one more big that is somewhat serviceable. The Lakers are ready to go and try to compete for a championship. Whomever, whomever goes. By the way, Matt Castle didn't even get drafted. <laughs> That's might have been the second best USC quarterback in the last twenty years. I thought he was a late round. No, I thought it was a late round. He wasn't pick. drafted at all. Really? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He didn't start at USC. Yeah, he was a backup. I yeah, know. He but didn't I'm just start saying, at USC. I thought he was a draft choice. Yeah. yeah. But, Let me look that yeah. up before you. But I, the Lakers, the Lakers are are in good position right now to compete. It's just a matter of how everybody's game meshes together here, and if Darvin Ham can. Um, can 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 have a a training camp where you can prep these guys and coach them. Yeah, the he way was uh, he was seventh round, Joe. Yeah, I'm sorry, he didn't start at USC. He yeah, was he was a backup. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a backup, but yeah, he was a seventh round. But yeah, not not too bad for a backup, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, I, I agree with you. A lot of those USC quarterbacks, and you know, I'm a USC fan. I went to USC for a cup of coffee, and I I still have my heart with Are USC. You an alumnus? No. I'm not. I cannot claim to be. I would. I may go back there for my master's one day. Still thinking about that. But uh, you know, I still but, am not. But Jerry, I I've seen, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen the passion this man has. That's he, a good question, though. Rodney Pete did have a couple of really good seasons. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Mainly a backup, though. Later. Mainly a backup. Mainly back. He had one. Eric, Eric Kramer won. He had the one, one Detroit he had one season starting in Carolina that was very good. Yeah. So you know, always hang his hat on that. But yeah, but yeah, I've seen the passion that this man has. He does bleed, uh, uh, wine and gold for the Trojans. Yes, he does. He really does. So even though he may not be an alumnus, ladies and gentlemen. He screams and raves like he is an alumnus. Why didn't you finish? 
I just at that time, I to be honest with you, I was uh, so many. It took so so many credits to go ahead and finish USC Film School because I was and it was so far behind. And what it was costing my parents, I, I just you know I I didn't want to do it. It's just even at that time in 1990, it cost a hell of a lot of money in USC. When they say you, they say University of Spoiled Children. I'm not going to argue with Donna because it it is it is pretty costly to go there. But I may go back to finish my master's there because you know. You know, might be something to do later on, but we'll talk about that. Hopefully if that happens and that's the case, but before we head on out guys, I do want to go ahead and say thank you to everyone for watching, listening and being patient through Kale's constant trolling. We gave him plenty of warning and decided to go ahead and give him the heave-ho, but you know what? Uh, as far as the heave-ho is concerned, we're not heaving-hoing anybody else out there. We'd like to go ahead and make sure that you're a part, a welcome part of the best Lakers chat room that's out there right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I do want to go ahead and mention that I did find something as far as a something on the screen that I could hopefully go ahead and show you there as far as my red hair is concerned. So I'm going to put it on there. Do you see it? I don't know. I can't see if you uh, No, not yet. Let me go ahead and see if I can start. Share. Where is it? Share stream. No, no, I don't want to share it. There's that. Come on. Were you working at McDonald's? No, it was just a picture of me when I was a kid because I think everybody wanted to see. I don't have that many pictures of me with red hair online for some reasons. They're all up? like, I'm trying, I don't know. I can't, I can't, all right. I'll just have to go ahead and dump it. I'll put it on. So I'll find it <laughs> some way to go ahead and share it to just you guys do later it. on. No, I don't, I can't share right now. It's not sharing. It's not sharing. But I will say before we head on out, I want to, okay, let me go ahead and see if I can try one more thing. What before kind of we had a mouse operation is this? Well, if it's Mickey Mouse, it's making a lot of cash. But before we go ahead and head on out, I want to go ahead and say, Joe. Is that why they're laying off 10,000 people? Yeah, yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. They're Christ. still making some cash. Don't, don't, I'm not feeling depressed over them. They, they're still making some cash over Disneyland. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, don't tell me they're not. Yeah, I know nobody's going to Disney World, but that's for other reasons. But yeah, before we head. They don't want to catch a disease over there. That's why. Well, they also don't want to deal with Florida. But before we head on out. <laughs> Uh, Sean, uh, please let us Move know. Move to Mississippi then. Help the economy there. Uh, no, thank you. I heard, <laughs> I heard, I just read a report that's saying that more people get Alzheimer's in the South and the Southeast. So there you go. That's what we're mm -hmm. going to be the moonshine, go. maybe. Well, okay. It's good moonshine, though. Uh, well, yeah, I've had it. Blue moon of Kentucky, keep on shining. Yes, absolutely. Sean, though, when it comes to what you're seeing with the Lakers, any last thoughts on Summer League before we finally close the book on Summer League? Thank God. Uh, yeah, you know what, Gerald? Um, I, I think I think we really honestly did kind of curtail our expectations and uh, have realistic POV on all these kids, Gerald. We all understand that um, – you know they haven't uh, they haven't even begun to think of uh the amount of uh, pressure and responsibility that uh, may may uh come at them you know and it's a lot at first and uh i i think some of them are ready and some of them need like a year of development like we talked about and then like you said Joe there are a couple that just they need they need to go into the lab and come out ready to improve because 
JHS needs work. There we go. There we go. There we go. Wow. Jared looks like a movie star, ladies and gentlemen. That that was me at 18 right there for you. Jared looks like a movie star. Yes. All right. Holy crap. Yes. Did you have a Firebird too? Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, no. I, I wish. I wish. No, just a Dodge Colt, unfortunately. So. There you go. It is proof wow. that I did have red hair when I was a kid and actually into my mid thirties. <laughs> Holy crap. You know what, Scarlet Blue? Uh, I, you were like the, the 500th person to tell me I looked like Val Kilmer back at that age. Oh just, my God. And my, and my golden response was, I only wish I had his paycheck. That's all I hear about right there. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Sean, again, any less thoughts? Look, paycheck, on he's Kilmer? broke. Well, he wasn't then. That's for sure. When he was doing all the uh, all those movies at that time, Top Gun and all the rest, Sean, any last thoughts on Summer League before we head on out? Nope. Okay, that's it. There's no. Yeah, I think we've talked enough about Summer League here, Gerald. Uh, I, I hope so. I hope so because I think I, I think we're all done. I think we've seen what we need to see so far. We all these kids need developing. Max Christie is ready to go in the rotation. I think that he is ready to be a part of the rotation going forward. And if he is successful, I think that can go a long way, Joe, for us as a team to be successful as well. I think if he pops, I said this last year, if he pops, not only is it going to cost the Lakers a lot of money sooner rather than later, but it also means the team will be much better sooner. Let him pop so we can win a championship. I don't care if we end up losing two, three guys in the process. Hang number eighteen up in the Raptors. I, I, I will. I will. I will say this though, and 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 um, a, a lot of people have mentioned it, and Gerald's obviously brought up as well. It's the second year jump that that's expected for uh, a player who's either, like Gerald said, they're on the verge of popping, or they've developed just enough where just a little bit more of a push, and they're just gonna. It's a jumping off point. Max Christie had that. There are a couple players in the NBA who haven't had really great summer leagues in their second year. The Mavs, uh, Jaden Hardy did not play well in the summer league, Gerald. Benedict Matherin did not play well in the summer league. Shaden Sharp did not play well for the Portland Trailblazers. So it was nice to see that with a, still a lot of uh, a lot of smokescreen over the roster that uh, Christie solidified the idea that he's ready to be a rotational player. That was the most important revelation that could have come out of summer league. Thank you. AKA Val and Sergio cracking me up. You're hitting it on all cylinders, my friend. You and Alice are the MVPs for tonight's chat. PMC gets a special nod as well. Cause he was annoyed by Gail. <laughs> I love our chat. They're so awesome indeed. It is the best Lakers chat room that's out there. It is the Lakers fast break. Thanks so much for watching. Listening, Scarlet and Blue, great question as well. Max Christie had the pleasure of getting taught by LBJ. Again, I see some good things. He His stroke is looking much better, much smoother, much more confident as a player. If he could translate that confidence into a good season with the Lakers, sure, we're paying him a lot sooner than later than we could have. Or we should have, but then again, it'll mean, like Joe said, a lot better team instead. A hundred percent. So with that, 
appreciate everyone watching and listening. Tomorrow we'll be back for Lakers History 101 when we will do something very enjoyable for us that is talking about the 2017 Summer League champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. Then we're going to go ahead and finish with you for the rest of the week. We are still going strong. We're not taking the summer off. We're not taking weeks off. Our goal, when should we set a goal for 1,000 subscribers, guys? How soon? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay, that's our goal. Tomorrow. We we did almost 80. Did we do 80 in one day on that? that yes, day? we did. Yep. So I know we've done 250 in the last 28 days. So that's uh, something that's credit to everyone out there watching and listening. So truly appreciate that. So there you go. Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll get a thousand subscribers indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate you watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Some good times talking Laker history 101. Summer class will be in session. Extra credit for you. Summer learning on the Summer League team right here at the Lakers Fast